This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by the Val and Earl Hired Hand and Handyman Services Co. Got a septic tank that needs pumping? We got you. How about a fence that needs a good mend? We got you there, too. How about a new species of subterranean man-eating worms that can spawn five sequels of descending quality? We got you there, too. Val and Earl, Hired Hand and Handyman Services Co. We got you. No matter what. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. What's up? What's up? <laughs> hey guys, hello and welcome to Horror <laughs> Movie Talk. Timely reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how old is that? It's gotta be. That's like, that's pre 2000 isn't yeah, it probably yeah. around there um w- welcome to horror movie talk <laughs> 90s kids will remember 90s kids got this one i am david day uh, uh professor david day the foremost expert in scare nonos and across from me sits dr bryce hansen who holds a phd in spookology um you guys uh we got a great show for you today i'm super excited uh but first we're going to be talking about about our website horrormovietalk.com from there you can click on over to any of our social media um you know linkedin the gram and our merch store tweeter we have a we have a merch store now we got a bunch of stickers on there we have some shirts in the uh, in the that are getting ready to be um produced and then sold on the merch store so you know but don't hold your breath on those stickers Buy buy those stickers because they fund the purchase of the shirts. <laughs> so one feeds the other, and uh, and actually they're pretty sweet. We got a couple uh, a couple stickers of our new logo, some of our old logo, and a few of the the, the art from past episodes. So. Um, make sure you check that out on our website at mm-hmm. horrormovietalk.com. We do post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe to us and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I know we harp on you about that, but there's a good, good, good reason because it helps us grow and Rotten Tomatoes, etc. Yeah. If you are on an iPhone right now listening to us, just do it now. Just do it. Just do it right now. Just do it because, you know, I mean... It'll it'll help us out a whole lot. Um, we have a great show today. Today we're going to be talking about, of course, the 1990 classic 
tremors. <laughs> I'm quaking in my boots. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little earthquake uh, pun for you. Yeah. So um, today we'll be talking about tremors, and we'll start out by giving a re- brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, that you had to sit through it, five being an average enough film that hits all the expected marks, and ten being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film, and later we will be doing two bits. We'll be doing a new game called Baconator. Hmm. And, um... Which is unrelated to Six Degrees of of Kevin Bacon. It's surprisingly similar to Six Degrees (laughs) of uh, Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon. And then also, of course, it came from social media. What do you got in your throat there, guy? What's going on? You got a dick in your mouth? Yeah, he has a dick in his mouth. It's the morning. He nodded. Give me a break. Um, Yeah, and then, of course, we'll be doing it came from social media. Bryce, what a... What's this horrible thing I have on my my body? What's this shirt? What's it say? Can you describe first? It, yeah, can, all right. Can you describe the full? The, shirt? the full effect is it's got a uh, it's got Macho Man. No wait, yeah, is yeah. it Macho Man? Randy yeah, yeah, Savage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and around him are the words "the cream of the crap." And the he's, cream. He's, of the crop, baby. Oh, yeah. And he's got one of those little cups of cream that you put in your coffee. Ooh, baby. That is that is a legendary clip. Because I'm the cream of the crop. He, like, he produced, like, what was it, like six of those things? What? <clears throat> like, while he's giving his rant on being the cream of the crop, he's oh, like... yeah. Where he just keeps popping them out of nowhere, right? Like I think they were in his like the, his his like sweatband, you right. know, his wrist sweatband. Yeah, and he, and he just go. Mm. Now, I have to. I have a, 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 a. This is just a quick aside. We're gonna get to tremors here very shortly, but I had to shame myself today by wearing this kind of retarded shirt um, because no one in that's their not right, appropriate to say. I mean, we say we talk. We don't talk about Macho Man that way. No, it's kind of disabled. Oh, <laughs> wow! No, wait, that's not right. <laughs> that's it's kind of handy capable. I don't know. Oof. I don't know what the uh, you just digging yourself a deeper, right, deeper hole. Keep going. Um, well, the thing is, I have a I have a, a weakness. I don't have many weaknesses in terms of um, when I drink. I it's hard sometimes. I I. I keep it together pretty well. It's just as soon as I get a couple in me, I go and I and I buy a funny goofy shirt or a band shirt mm-hmm. or something. And this is the most unwearable one I've ever bought. Um that can't be true. To me. I would wear that shirt. To me this is. <laughs> you see what I mean? I mean it just says it's this is I don't know. This is just so weirdly embarrassing so i had to shame myself by coming the, on the show what the tree motif motif yeah it's like is. him in front of a sunset in front of like tree i don't know it's meant to make you feel good about like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe pacific, crap. pacific northwesty anyway um we watch tremors and i have to say that it, look if anybody else buys ridiculous shirts when they're drunk is this is this a feature that's only known to me or is this everybody does does everybody make these ridiculous like 
Drunk purchases. Junk, drunk purchases. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Uh, we watched Tremors, and I have to say that this may be the epitome of a made-for-TV movie feeling movie. I've seen it 20 times, and I'll see it 20 more times during my life, and that's a good thing. This was a Patreon pick, so um, every month a certain tier of Patreon members get to choose uh, a movie for us to review. Or vote uh, on it. They vote on a movie for us to review, and this, uh, or last month. Uh, June's pick was Tremors by a landslide. Like they just, and I, and I get why. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to pick, uh, you know, be part of the voting, uh, what movie we review, we do one Patreon selection per month and you can just head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk to check that out. So without further ado, let's get into the trailer. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Could be doing it. Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Megaworms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. Tremors follows Val, played by Kevin Bacon, obviously, and Earl, played by Fred Ward, in their attempt to leave Paradise Valley, Nevada, while doing odd jobs and handyman work. As they make their way up and down the valley between odd jobs and quirky small-town characters, they begin to notice a string of seemingly related ground-level killings. Upon meeting up with a grad student, Rhonda, played by Finn Carter, who is doing some important, if timely, seismic research, they learn that there are a bunch of little earthquakes, or tremors, (laughs) happening all over the valley. Before they jump the gun on declaring that there is a 100-foot-tall, 200-ton serial killer on the loose, they find evidence of a subterranean suspect, a worm of sorts. The rest of the movie is spent running for their lives from an unlikely, if terrifying, phenomena with a ton of quirky townsfolk. Yeah, this is this is probably one of the best examples of a monster movie mm-hmm. and how you can do it effectively even like in modern times. Yes, that is that's very accurate. 
it's it's very like man i i didn't realize how did you hear that in my throat yeah it was <coughs> sexy <laughs> yeah it's um, the tremor within it's the tremor within um that's another movie done by no anyways huh. um so it it alarmed me how much it reminded me of jaws right i i talk about that throughout my entire review yeah like this this movie is this movie is jaws turned into a sitcom yeah it's like jaws in the desert yeah yeah it's 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 fucking fat even down to the cover art on the on the, right. the poster. Yeah. The poster is an exact ripoff of Jaws. Yeah. It's precisely a perfect right. ripoff. Uh, before we get too far into this, I watched this with Erin. Mm. And she revealed that, she that's has... That's your wife. Yeah, that's and my wife. And she is not a horror fan. She revealed to me that she's never seen Tremors. Blows me away. Which is the most astounding thing I've ever heard. She's only a year younger than me. And this... I've seen it, same as you, probably 20 plus times. Yeah, uh, just either, over and over and over. Either on cable or on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, we, my family loved this movie. Oh, my family, this it's, was. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. Yeah, universally loved it. Yeah, same here. My mom would be like, oh, Tremors, you know, and, and my mom is just like, disapproves of every fun thing. Right. You know, so. And now that I think of it, it probably has a lot to do with Kevin Bacon. Because mm. she was she was pretty into Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Carrie said the same thing. She's like, I've always had a thing for Kevin Bacon. It's not necessarily that he's supremely attractive, but he feels like a dependable, nice guy. <laughs> and she was like, I think he's been married to the to blah 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 for twenty five or thirty years. I was like, Yeah, that is. I think he has. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Felicity Felicity Huffman. Is that who it is? Yeah, Huffman. Yeah, I, I think that that's right? who it is. Um, anyway, so my review of Tremors is Tremors by director Ron Underwood, by the way, the best movie Ron Underwood has ever done, is one heck of a solid movie. It's basically a monster movie, but... No, it's Kara Sedgwick. Sedgwick. Kara yeah. Sedgwick. Uh, Felicity Huffman, I think, is married to... Um, Depp? The little... Rick Moranis? No, but close. Oh. Um, it's not Philip Seymour Hoffman, but it's a three-name guy that's in P.T. Anderson movies. Oof. I am uh, I think I know who you're talking The guy who looks like Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. God damn it. Why can't I... Anyways, move on. Um, it'll come to me. Yeah, so this is one heck of a solid movie. It's basically a, basically a monster movie, but to be honest with you, and... Stick with me here, Bryce. It feels a bit more like an action thriller to me because of all the action and adventure that takes place. It's a really adventurous movie. William H. Macy. William H. Macy. Thank you. <laughs> Along with lots of changes of scenery and methods. This movie is constantly kind of switching up the Swiss Army knife of fun things that you can do with the ground. <clears throat> One of the amazing things that this movie does real well is god damn it can you hear that in my throat yeah you're just, just like, gurgling oh. yeah you got the tremors <clears throat> oh no everything was fine until he got the tremors <laughs> um damn it's uh it's not funny my dad has tremors <laughs> but uh the the two things that this movie does very effectively is one ramp it up like it starts out like at zero 
and it stepwise motion yeah. up of the tension, tension, and and like the stakes. Worried. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really impressive how it does. And then the second thing it does really well is it ties everything up in a nice bow. There is no loose ends. There are no things mentioned that aren't um, either discounted or yeah or or followed up on. It's pretty. It's amazing for like movies in the last decade how much it relies on sensory overload to get you to not ask questions about the plot fast cuts cut 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 like, cut cut if you go if you watch like i mean i like them but if you watch the recent star wars movies and you think about well why did they do that there's no reason. like there's no real reason other than well there is an action sequence plan and they needed to be there at that moment right and uh this isn't that everything Everything made sense. Right. The formula is being good. Yeah. It's not just being a formula. It's not action, drama, action, drama, action, right. sadness, action, happiness. You know, it's not that. It's, yeah. it's a good it's like script. The, the people slowly learn more about the danger and yeah. the danger gets higher. Yeah. Tremors is a nearly perfect movie in terms of its script, who we have S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock to thank for everything that is said or mentioned is followed up on or ruled out at some point in the movie. Almost nothing extraneous or unneeded is ever mentioned. And all the characters play a wonderful role in making paradise Valley, a believable place. Maybe the best part of tremors is its intense focus on the characters instead of the monster. Sure. We get to see the monster, but the focus of every scene is on the characters and getting the audience to empathize with them. This forces a pivot in the otherwise fucked out monster movie paradigm. It's why Jaws was great, and it's probably no coincidence that this is essentially a Jaws remake, even down to the movie poster, like we said before. It's terrifically ironic that a movie that is that focuses so much on the characters instead of the monster spawns five completely monster-focused sequels that lack most of the charm of the first, with the exception of the second movie, Tremors 2 Aftershocks, which I'm about halfway through right now. <laughs> Many horror skeptics will say that this movie is not a true horror movie, noting the goofy, fun, and light ambiance. But I beg to differ. No, this is definitely a horror movie. This is one of those where people... It's such a weird stance to take. It is. It's exclusionary the and monster, holier than thou, and it's fucking weird. The monster movie is the original horror movie. Right. Godzilla. Like, or Frankenstein. Frankenstein, or Dracula, Mummy. or the Wolfman. Like, mm -hmm. every universal horror mm -hmm. film is a monster. The Invisible Man. Yeah. So... It's a, a quintessential monster movie. And so how, I bet just the fact that it's fun and it's like f still is family friendly. Yes. Th is and, crazy. And this is my that's exa exactly my point point. I beg to differ with these people who say that Tremors is not a horror movie. Not only is Tremors definitely a horror movie, it's the most important kind of horror movie. It's entry level horror. This is the stuff that I watched as a kid, and it sent me scrambling for the rocks. It hooked my pint-sized imagination and lit up every corner, making me wonder if it really was safe to play tag on the playground or if I should seek the higher ground on the, uh, you know, on the slide or mm -hmm. something like that. 
Tremors. There must have been a lot of playgrounds that were playing Tremors. Oh my God! Yeah, the flo- it's and it's the floor is lava. Yeah. You know, um, I, <laughs> no relation to the terrible was, Netflix show. If we were going to do taglines, that was going to be one of my tagline. Tremors. Oh. The floor. The floor is lava. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's very accurate. It's a fun game to play, just generally, and and man, it as a little kid, um, this is light enough that it's not going to destroy your psyche, but it's. It's scary enough that it's going to stick with you and make you really curious about that next movie. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's good. It's it's important to have these entry-level horror movies, and there aren't many. Yeah, that's an important point to make because this movie very obviously made efforts to be a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. I, I was not to cuss. I was watching it, and I was like, is this the TV edit? Yeah. But then I realized, like, no, that was... Very intentional. Intentional. That was the original cut. They were just trying to cut out a fuck. Yeah. So that they could get a PG-13 rating. And it's a good example of, like, you don't need to have an R rating. Like, it's... This is accessible. You don't need more gore. Right. For it to be scary. And, yeah, there's no benefit to having two extra fucks. No. But, yeah, I mean, it's... (laughs) It does kind of take out of you when Kevin Bacon is yelling on the top of the roof. Get away from those mother humpers. <laughs> from those mother humpers. We got another mother humper. Copy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little goofy, but it, Tremors is interesting, has wonderful tension, and is most importantly fun, as fun as any movie you will ever watch. On score, I've been flip-flopping in my head ever since I wrote this down. I'm not sure that it... I'm going to go with an eight. Because it's not a... It's not a... um, It's no Citizen Kane. (laughs) And that's a ten. Yeah. And it's it's also no... um, it's It's just a very solid foundational movie. It's not spectacular. Yeah. Um but it's really good. And I'd say that lands at about an 8. Yeah, I I'm trying to account for the nostalgia pixie dust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I feel about this movie. And it was good watching it with Aaron because I could kind of when you watch it a movie with someone else, you kind of see it again through their eyes yeah like oh they probably think this of it it's like when you when you watch a movie that you really like and then you watch it with your parents and all of a sudden you realize there's like three sex scenes yeah you're like oh god oh no oh Oh, no it's it's a different experience so watching it with aaron in the room i was like yeah it's it's not fantastic like it's not like well, I don't know. I, it's not... If I was to see it the first time, I'd be hit by the, kind of the production quality. It's not bad, but it's 90s. Yeah. Um, like, not big budget. It's right. It's, like big, a, it's bigger budget than Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it's middle middle of the road budget. It's uh, like you, Jaws. You it feels like Jaws budget. Yeah. Yeah, so... And, you know, it's a little hokey. It's really fun. But you, if you saw it the first time, you wouldn't take it seriously. But to me, it's like, this is a tentpole mm-hmm. movie in 
my conception of movies of like, yeah, Tremors is formative. It's it's it, it to me it sits in the same place as Gremlin, Gremlins. Yeah, which is oh yeah, like yeah, a tentpole, like and you know this movie was not was not successful in theaters. It I yeah. mean it was eleven million to make. It was it made an additional five million. It made five million in profit. Um, but where it really blew up was syndication on cable. Right, and um, man, I mean you know like we've been talking about. I, I, you could not flip the channel without landing on Tremors. Yeah. And every time I'd sit there and watch it every yeah. time. So that being said, uh, I still think it's uh, pretty much a perfect movie. Like wow. in terms of yeah. like what a movie is trying to be and what it yeah can deliver mm-hmm. if you put thought into it. It's pretty much near perfect. There are some slight flaws the, in it. The soundtrack is pretty goofy. Yeah, there's there's some slight flaws, and so that brings it down one notch for me. I'm going to give it a nine. I'd say that's totally fair. Yeah, I'd say that's totally totally fair. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think it. I, if you said ten, I would have to disagree. With yeah, you. I feel like that that's kind of a good place because if you have it's if not you have Citizen Kane. Yeah, if you have a perfect movie. And but it's not Jaws. But if you took it away for all time, like it's not like the lexicon of 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 cinema would be harmed without tremor tremors. But if you like movies, like Tremors is great. It really is. It's a it's a spectacular movie, and I think everyone should watch it. So there you have it, an eight and a nine. So, with that, uh, I do have an emergency alert. Horror movie talk reviews new movies, and that means we rely heavily on theaters. Our favorite theaters are the small, privately owned ones in our community, and during this corona shutdown, all of these theaters are in serious jeopardy. So, we would just like to remind you to help out your local theaters. Go Go to their box office or their website, spend some buckage on... You know, um, they're on some, what do you call them, gift cards and uh, help them stay afloat because it would be very sad if you couldn't go back to them in a couple, in a month or two here where it looks like everybody's going to maybe kind of open back up. Well, I know Regal sent me out an email saying that they're going to plan on opening on July 11th. Yeah, baby. And so theaters are going to start opening up. And if you want to go to the movies... Go to a local one. Go to a local number one. Number one, like, they're still going to be struggling because there's limitations on yeah. audience size. And honestly, for a lot of these local theaters, they're not usually filled to capacity <laughs> unless right. it's a, like, premiere. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll be safer. Yeah. 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 So, um, with that, I, we have a lot of new patron members to yeah. thank. If you guys want to support the show, you can do so, as I said before, by going to patreon.com slash horror movie talk or our website, horrormovietalk.com. And in the top, at the top banner, you'll see a button that says become a patron and all of our new patrons. Hold to- on. I think, I think we got some of these already. No, no, I'm 100% sure that I'm, I'm good on this. Uh, okay. Because, because Henry. Uh, was last week, and that was a pre-recorded episode, and we were unable to get to a lot of them. So, without further ado, thank you so much to Jonathan A., Walter R., Elena B., Kyle S., Nathaniel W., 
Kylo Bren, also known as Kylie Bean, and Riot Punch, who came in just under the bar this morning, um, who probably had some Riot Juice. Um, this is one of the few times that it's acceptable to be shirtless, and I won't be cold because I'll be blasted on grain alcohol. Um, <laughs> I what? won't be cold because I'll be blasted on grain alcohol. <laughs> Riot Punch, I if if I'm correct, Riot Punch is a reference to the uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they're going to a uh, Eagles game and they're drinking grain alcohol and they're getting ready to riot punch. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, all of you, for joining our Patreon. I hope you enjoy the extra content. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you would like to become a Patreon member, there are plenty of perks, including a whole other podcast called The Afterpod, where we leave the mics rolling following this episode. And we talk about, you know... Uh, whose pictures we jerked off to and all that kind of stuff. Also, um, check out localasfuckapparel.com. That's localasfuckapparel.com. This is an apparel company that will be helping us out with printing our, our shirts. Um, but until that happens, um, they are, um, just about as local as you can get. They're based out of our hometown of Vancouver, Washington, and they're going to be handling the production of our HM t-shirts, like I said, from now on. Um, they have a ton of really great looking apparel, and a lot of it is branded as just l local as fuck. So they have shirts that, that say local as fuck, and I love it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be getting a few. Um, they even have some uh, some like motocross jerseys. So check them out. Uh, if you enter HMT at checkout, you get a discount code. You get a discount of 10% off your entire order. So, you know, rep your local as fuckness at your, you know, at your convenience. Mm -hmm. Also shutter. Um, if you head on over to Shudder, and uh, which is a horror movie streaming platform, and enter HMT at checkout, you can get 30 free days of streaming horror. And Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, is still on there, which we reviewed last week, which mm -hmm. is miraculous, because we pre-recorded that like eight months ago. Probably more than that. It's probably getting to a year almost. It was, I think it was in September or October. It was a while ago in, in any event. Yeah. So check out Shudder and also you can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website to when you, you know, you're getting uh, kitty litter or toilet paper or other poop oriented things delivered to you. Um, finally, make sure you check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble, who is a professional artist who fucks, god damn, it's, I'm just, there's no lube, he just fucks so hard, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he was going to be in the porn industry, but all the directors just said, this guy fucks too hard, like it's, it's dangerous it's to the talent. It's unacceptable. Right, and there's too much friction. Yeah. And, no, and there's no like, way to account for it. I mean, if we let Dustin fuck one of these girls, like, they'd be done. Yeah. Like, they couldn't do it anymore. They'd just be, their vagine would be like a wizard's sleeve. Yeah, it's like uh, that movie Frankenhooker, but instead of the woman doing the hard fucking, it's Dustin. Right. Doing the hard yeah. fucking. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, so um, he takes commission for artwork. From HMT fans, he's responsible for all the art on all of our posts, which is, if you haven't seen it, it's spectacular and you should check it out. Um, contact, 
contact him at dgoebel00, that's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. So, thanks again for listening and let's get into spoilers. Spoiler. Okay, that's different. What is that? <laughs> the French. Try that. What? There we go. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, first thing to talk about is Eric Andre's new stand-up special, Legalize Everything, which... Have you watched it yet? I still got to watch the rest of it. I'll tell you what the the opening is like. Just it's not funny. It's, okay, it's literally just him screaming. First of like all, for the first fifteen minutes, once he gets to first of all, that does it for me just outright. I, I'm like, ah, yay, wee! Like I, he's like my spirit animal. Like, I there's certain times where Eric Andre is perfect and no one can do what he does and there's bits of his that i love but 80 percent of it i'm just like no oh no man it, every, so like it, almost everything there's like like five percent of his stuff doesn't land for me everything else is is the best it's, yeah. it's totally branded at me the uh the first bit that's really good in it is the cops bit and it's the the bit that they show in the <laughs> Netflix preview for it. It gets that better. Is, it gets that is it, great. It just keeps getting better and better and better. His right. his crowd work is great. I love it. Okay. Anyway, if you guys haven't seen his new uh, Netflix comedy or his stand up, you got to check it out because it's fucking wonderful and I love it. Um, also, uh, just tremors related. You you realize that there right now. I mean, so as we're recording this, there are six tremors movies. All six are available on Netflix right now. That's one through six. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I so they're probably leaving Netflix by the end of the month, you said. I right? know the I know this one that we're talking okay. about. Um, the, the day of release will be gone from Netflix. I don't know where it will be. But you, if you want to watch it, you can watch it on Amazon. And I have a link to it in, our, in the post for this episode. Um, anyway, so there's six Tremors. And I, in my opinion, the second one is, is pretty good, too. I talked at great length with our blogger Keith Harris um, uh, about what makes Tremors so good on my drive out to Montana to my grandfather's funeral. And uh, and he he had lots of good things to say about the second one as well. Um, and obviously the first one we we both remember being little kids uh, who, you know, were just terrified by Tremors. Anyway, so this movie starts out kind of like a bad sitcom. Yeah, it is. It is a weird or, or a really g generic sitcom. It's interesting the tone it sets. Yeah, because it. Yeah, I mean it's really fun throughout, but before you're introduced to the monsters, that funness is like what? Like what is this? Yeah. What? Why? Like. Why has it got this weird sitcom-y yeah. feel to it? Like, Almost like a little hint of cringe yeah. is baked into it. Yeah. It's Earl is asleep and Val, 
like, you know, wakes him up in like a rude, crude cowboy attitude kind of way. Yeah. And then they like, you know, they do rock, paper, scissors to see who makes breakfast today. And it's just very, there's wholesome elements throughout this movie that will continue to, to occur. This for me is the quintessential Kevin Bacon movie. I don't know about for you. Like a lot of people, it's like footloose. I know, which I have still never made it all the way through. I, when I think of Kevin Bacon, I think of this movie. Same. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then when I see him in other things, like, yeah, that's Kevin Bacon and he's great. Yeah. It's the guy from Tremors. Kevin Bacon is a great actor. He sure is. Yeah. He's, he's versatile. He has a, he's the most unique looking dude ever. He's, he's got just so much charisma. Yeah. Just latent charisma. And it's not like overwhelming or anything. You're just like, wow. It's like, I want to, I want to look at this person. It's like, he's the nice version of an eighties bully, (laughs) like caricature. You know, it's like he decided to go the good force path. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Or it's like Tom Cruise, half a foot taller and not a Scientologist. Right. Yes. Well, not, but not quite, not, as not good, quite Tom Cruise, not I guess. quite as good looking, right. but I, everyone knows what you just right. said and they're going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then they they get driving down the road to their first job, and they uh, they see someone kind of off in the distance, and they realize that that's uh, that's the new uh, the new grad student who's out here doing seismology um, studies, and uh, and they get real excited because I think I think uh, Val realizes that that's a girl. So here's here's a little clip from that that particular spot. That's supposed to be a girl. world-class breasts, ass that won't quit, and legs that go all the way up. I've utilized that quote incorrectly for years. Mm -hmm. And she's got legs that go all the way up. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love, I love, I say legs that go all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) All the way down? I love it. I love the idea of legs that go all the way down because it doesn't make any sense at all. Everybody, everybody that hears me go, God damn, look at that. Look at that girl. She's got legs that go all the way down. And people are like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I guess it makes just as much sense as all the way up. All the way up. It's, but, but. At the same time, if you say that girl's got legs that go all the way up, you go, "Yeah, she got a lot of legs." I guess uh-huh. she must. There, you know, like that paints a picture in your mind, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> okay. This is our. You realize this is like our second Kevin Bacon movie in like a month or so. What was the other one? Oh come on! It was Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. Great in that too. Yeah, and he he's got his, you see old, his ass, his old dingaling flopping around in those eighty shorts. Did oh, did you see? Did you see like an outline or something? That's, yeah, it's very. I mean, I wasn't looking closely or anything. Right? No, of course not. Right. But yeah, it's very. It's along the lines of Sleepaway Camp and yeah, a lot of uh, dick outline. Right. Is featured teeny tiny little little shorts. Yeah. Barely even have a, a right to be called shorts. Just to be called underwear. Right. 
Yeah. They're not even like, they don't compare to my boxers. Right. Um, Reba McIntyre's in this movie, which yeah. is every time it blows me away. I'm like, I'm, I don't know why it's so novel to me that, right. that Reba's in here. Well, Reba had her own show for a while. Oh, yeah. And it was like the Reba show or something. Yeah, I think like it was that. really successful, too. It was like Ariba. Yeah, Reba. Ariba. Ariba? Yeah. Ariba, Jamaica, who I want to take you. Aruba. Oh. Oh. Oh, I see what you did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Thanks, David. <laughs> That's the joke. So so this is kind of the, the spot where, you know, they, they go driving into town and we get to meet all the characters. We meet Reba McIntyre, who is, of course, married to Bert, who is who uh, Keith, uh, our blogger, one of our bloggers, described as a highly armed Dale Gribble, <laughs> which is very apropos. Right. Because and and by the way, Bert. I mean, Dale Gribble must be heavily armed, too, right? I think Dale Gribble was based, kind of based on right. Bert. And Bert was obviously based on a well, clear stereotype. Yeah, there's a type. Yeah. There's a type, and you're probably related to some of them. Me? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I almost started taking offense. In the, oh, yeah. the, the way you've described your uncle. Mm. I was like, yeah. Well... Tell the tell the story about your t- <laughs> <laughs> trolling your uncle. Okay, that's like one of the best stories. Okay, so uh, I have a, I have an uncle who, um, you know, everybody in my dad's family is hilariously quirky in different ways. So, in this is in no way, shape, or form meant to uh, single my uncle out. Particularly, it's just a funny story that happened. That's very. Uh, close to Bert, uh, from Tremors, which is, oh, they were talking about something and my uncle said something to the effect of, yeah, well, when the apocalypse comes or when society crumbles or something to that effect of like a very Bert thing to say, uh, my dad was like, oh yeah, okay, well, what do you, you got to like, like you're going to do a whole lot better than any of us. And he's kind of like a prepper and you know so he said um well yeah you know i got i got i got tons of you know i got i'm prepared and including like like money's going to be worthless in the Mm far-flung apocalyptic future so got gold got silver i got it all and it's all hidden away in a stash that no one can ever find and uh and my dad was like, oh, yeah, where's that? He's like, like, I'm going to tell you, then you'll just come over here and try and take all my stuff. My dad's like, well, I, I already know where it is. He's like, yeah, I'm like, sure you do. Huh? Right. Like, you'd know. He's like, sure I do. You buried it under your barn. He's like, you buried it under the ground and over under your house and under the barn. And, and then the line gets real quiet. It's like, a click. <laughs> and then, and then, he call, then he calls, <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. And then he calls him back like, like 10 or 15 minutes later. And he's like, we can't talk on this line or something like that. <laughs> he's like, first of all, how did you know? <laughs> and he's like, I was just joking with you, man. He's like, yeah, sure. And then it's like silence again. And yeah, so very cagey. <laughs> Very uh, prepared. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would not approach that house with ill intent. Yeah. Yeah. There's something weird about, 
preppers because it's a big part of the uh, Mormon community as well. Like the whole thing where you're supposed to have becoming less weird. It's yeah. It's a it's a <laughs> it's becoming much. It's starting to make more sense to me now. Well, yeah. Like there are switches that are being flipped. So having like a year's worth of food storage just in case, like that's a thing. Um, I don't know if it's a year for most people, but it's a year for my, for my, for my mom. That's incredible. Um, and it's funny because this is the exact circumstance in which that would be used. Yeah. Like tremors, not, it's not necessarily that there's going to be an, like my mom's conception is there's going to be an earthquake. Every road will have a deep chasm cut into it. So that I cannot escape my house. In the unlikely event that my house wasn't also sucked into a chasm, I will be okay because I'll have food. All the bridges are taken out and the kids will need to come here and uh, eat yeah. food. The reality of it is this is as, as uh, likely of a scenario that you're going to use food storage, which is you should not leave your house if you don't need to. Like, right. So she's got a year's worth of food and she's like, time to go to the store. Yeah. I got to go. Costco. I got to go to Costco. Uh, like, yeah. I'm in the high risk group. What of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet all of these super quirky characters. You have, um, let's see here. You have the shopkeep who is, let's see here. I can't, I can't remember. Uh, that is, uh, Walter Chang, played by Victor Wong. I don't know why they didn't just use his regular name. Walter Chang. American first name, uh, Chinese last name. But his real name is Victor Wong. (laughs) So American first name, Chinese last... I don't know. It seems like it could have worked. By the way, he's he's in Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. He's the the shopkeep in Gremlins, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Chinese shopkeep. He's got that... that, uh, Dead eye. Yeah, that one dead eye. Like a doll's eye. <laughs> and then uh and then so you have um you also have uh the oh you have the little girl from Jurassic Park. Yeah. I love I love every time I watch Tremors, I'm fucking astonished. I'm like <gasps> I, I like somehow forget that she's in this movie as as well. It's a Unix system. It's a Unix system. I know this. And um you know, so you just meet all these super quirky, fun little characters, and uh, and they're in town. While they're in town, um, they of course. That what are they doing in town? They're um, they're pumping a drain. Oh yeah. Well, they're pumping the septic tank. Yeah, they're pumping a septic tank, which brings us to. That is ready. Morning, ready. Drain addict. Who I cannot get enough of. So if you're new to the podcast, you you are right at the the cusp of the transformation of horror movie talk. <laughs> because it originally was a podcast about reviewing horror movies, but it's slowly going to change into a podcast talking exclusively about the YouTube channel Drain Addict. Right. It's and for good reason. Do you I proselytizing this man. (laughs) 
Holy moly. That's a, that is a <laughs> wide open drain, my friend. Um, yeah, he's, he's, if you haven't seen this, this channel yet, you got to, because it's, it is an Australian man and, and his little pet rat, Ratty, who loves to eat corn that comes out of these sewage pipes and they fight poop. They are poop fighters and they attack the poop. They find the clogs and the, the, um, and there's the blockage. They find the blockages and, uh, you know, then, then they gauge how, how thick it is. It's pretty thick. <laughs> and then, uh, and then at the end, they unclog the drain and they all have a great laugh. And all good. All good. All good. Thank you. All good. And, <laughs> and this last one. So I think it's. What is it? What was it? Two sixty or four sixty seven? Yeah, yeah, four sixty seven. That's right. And uh, and man, you you were like so right before I started watching it. You were uh-huh. like, "Have you seen the latest Drain Attic?" And I was like, "No, I'm about to, so we can talk about it on podcast tomorrow." <laughs> and you're like, "It is. It's only fifteen minutes long, but it's thick. It's packed. It's pretty packed." <laughs> Ollie is my hero, and I need all of you to to rampage against his channel on YouTube. Not against four, four, four. Well, to his channel, and tell him horror movie talk sent you. We got to get this guy on the podcast. <laughs> I love. There's I love, a lot of there's a lot of goals that we could have on this podcast, like. You know, this is how we get. The, this is how we achieve those goals. Are you fucking kidding me? We get the drain addict on here. How couldn't we succeed after that? <laughs> this is an obvious stepping stone step. Here's a here's a clip of the latest episode that I pulled, Ooh. which is probably my favorite moment of it. Which there are a couple really great moments, but oh, this man. one is the absolute best. This is one of the. Let's. let's this is like a. a a moment in the history of this channel. Let me tee it up a little bit here. So he's got this fucking clogged up and it is just pure shit. It is really. I'll play this behind you while you describe it. Yeah, it is really very, very thickly impacted doo-doo. And he just starts. He's always got this little orange glove. He's always got short sleeve shirt on. He's always got shorts on. In this case, he was wise because he had long waders on. Yeah, um, but uh, doesn't matter. But he just reaches into this drain where there's a bunch of like dead snails. Strangely, yeah. there's always something in there. There's like a bunch of cockroaches, or in this case, there was a bunch of like dead snails indicating that something lived in this little mm-hmm. alcove. Mm-hmm. But so he just starts scooping this thick thick milkshake of shit and just plopping it right next to his arm and his arm keeps like raising the poop yeah just like imagine if you took an entire roll of toilet papers worth of toilet paper and like dunked it in water and then just like kind of squoze out all the water yeah and then just hucked it at a wall yeah that's about the consistency of what he's working with here. very thick and uh and it, yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty thick. It's pretty thick. So we gotta get that YMH clip or the the guy that YMH uses. What is that? Thick, thick, white, thick, white ribbons of. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so he's he's as he's 
as he's scooping it out with his hand, his arm keeps grazing this raw sewage. Just poop. Just people's poop. Uh-huh. And Yeah, this is the, the contention of, well, not the contention. This is the difference between me and David is that he's really, David really focuses on the insanity of poop particles getting on this guy that he just gives no fuck. He does not care at, at all. And uh, for me, I'm like, yeah, it's probably not that big of a deal. Like, it's, yeah, you get dirty, but you just don't touch your eyes and stuff, and you wash after you get back from work. But this is the exception. This would bother even me. See, Bryce, for a while, was saying, this is what I got to do for my job. <laughs> like, he's like, I got to quit my job. And I it. Yeah, I have, there's a very specific type of work that he does that I, if I could do just that. Yeah. I'd be unclogging thick drains. Yeah, just like the municipal, like manhole covered drains, and shooting yeah. jets of water at it from yeah. a distance. Just, squirt, that, just squirting water at poop. Man, that'd be fantastic. Anyways, so he he uh, feeds this snake, yeah. you know, into the pipe and turns on this pressurized water. And, yes. and here, here we go. Here's the clip. Just squirted all over him. Oh, man. He just talked over the best part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shit got it all over my leg. (laughs) So matter of fact, shit got it all over my leg. He's just covered This is such an understatement. Yeah. Like, he's covered in shit. (laughs) It just blasted all over him. It's like if you had... If you had like, you know, the Jurassic Park um, Triceratops pile of poo. Yeah. If you had that just stacked against a wall and you turned a fire hose on it, I just like the splashback is what he just experienced. Boom! Anyway, yeah, it was it was so, impressive. So he had, yeah. If if you can't hear what happened was he had the the uh, hose the in the pipe, in the pipe, and it's got this pressurized water, and then he's like pulling it back a little, or there's like a opening that happens that the spray just goes directly back into him and there's just chunks of shit yeah, that fly that. like a like an explosion a shit sprinkler yeah yeah it's amazing shit so got all over my leg so head on over to uh drain addict let him know hmt sent you there and hopefully we can get him yeah, on anyways, the yeah. podcast so all right so that's the episode uh <laughs> So as the guys leave town, they're they're talking about uh, Val and Earl are like, it's time to blow this pop- popsicle stand. I'm tired of scooping shit out of people's septic tank in Paradise Valley, Nevada. They're driving away. They're on their way out. And what do they see? They see Edgar. Ah, that's Edgar. He's up a telephone pole. What's he doing up there? And uh, they stop. They get out. They check to see, you know, what's what's going on with with Edgar. Well, he's dead. And he's got his gun up there with him. And they're like, well, he's kind of the town drunk, so mm-hmm. this kind of makes sense. But he's got a gun, and it's it's concerning. Right. Because this isn't something anyone in their right mind would do. But they take him to the to the local doctor, and the doctor's like, yeah, Edgar died of uh, dehydration. So he just sat up there without water until For he... like three or four days. Three or four days until he died. So that's pretty incredible, right? So this... 
there's a little bit of a mystery starts and then people start disappearing. Um, Edgar is a little bit of a, an anomaly because he's up high. So uh, what could have done this? And then, but then the ground based killing start. <laughs> and, uh, and you have the sheep farmer goes down. All his sheep are obviously concerned about the, the quake activity. That's yeah. Going so they, on. they see this and they're like, this must be, I think the sheep and, and the farmer were the first ones that they came across. And no, then, it was Edgar. Was, the was it one. Edgar? Yeah, yeah. Because then the sheep farmer gets dragged down into the ground and his hat is on top of his oh, face. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And they just assume it's a serial killer and they yeah, want to get the fuck out of Dodge. They pull the hat off of the ground and boom, there's his face. And it's very effective to a young child. Like, yeah. even to me, I mean, it's effective right now because it's just a face staring out, a dead face staring out of the ground. Um,. And then, you know, they, it, while they're, you know, basically discovering all these killings, they're driving back and forth up and down the valley. And uh, they keep passing uh, construction in the road. There's these two guys who are jackhammering out part of the road. And, uh, and if you know anything about tremors, jackhammering is exactly the kind of thing that would bring them just running in, coming to get you. Yeah, there's a couple gags that are just iconic to me in this movie. One is the jackhammer. Where it punctures the That's, graboid, yeah, and then it just pulls it in your mind. pulls it along the concrete, and it's like this is super powerful. Yeah. The other one is the uh, the pogo stick. Yes. That's a little more comic, where it just sits in place, gets sucked into the ground, and <laughs> then spit out. Yes, and it's part of the charm of this movie. It's it's watching uh, a B movie do fantastic things with a low budget. Right. You know. It's like, yeah, it gives you just enough because they, I mean, they're limited by budget, but also it's the right choice not to show the monster. Plus it's underground. So yeah. that's the whole point. Exactly. Like it's the same thing with Jaws. Like you don't see Jaws for, you know, 99% of the movie. It's the implication. And really it, it makes sense because I think they were, they were planning on showing it more. But the they had problems with the graboids, the the monster. Uh, I'm talking about Jaws. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. they had a problem with the shark. Sure, animatronics looking too fake. Which yeah. I mean, yeah. So they were limited in on how much they could show it. But really, if you think about it, like you can't really show it at all because to the experience of the characters, the shark is just under the water all right. the time. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's it's a it's a good choice. It's the right choice, and it and it costs next to nothing to do. Right, it costs a, uh, an hour of man labor to dig a hole. Yeah, it's interesting. Like it, it feels low budget, but when it uses its budget, it uses it very effectively. So stuff like they basically move whole houses, yeah, up and down mm -hmm. to communicate that the the graboids are digging underneath and stuff. So. There's definitely, like, lots of effects yeah. being used. And then they do show the monster, yeah. like, full on several times. And it's... When they do, it's effective. And it's, it still holds up pretty well. I mean, it's obviously, like... Yeah, it looks like a, looks like a monster, but it's still cool. Like, the gooiness and the, yeah. the little snakes coming out of its mouth. It's... Yeah. It still works. It still works. And um, it, they, they obviously took... 
they took what worked. They learned from a lot of previous movies. Obviously, Jaws, Evil Dead. There's there's plenty of scenes of graboid cam, basically, right? So wor- right. worm cam is very very close to the dead uh, Evil Dead cam. Yeah, the 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 screaming deadite cam that. But in this case, it's, uh, you know, it's a camera that just moves along the soil. It's just a real low shot with with dust popping up, you know. And so it's like, oh, that's that's cool. And it insinuates incredible danger. So, yeah, lots of cool usage of of effects. Um, And so the guy with the jackhammer gets gets tangled up in the jackhammer hydraulic uh, line there and gets pulled off and they both get eaten. And in the process of them getting eaten, the, uh, the, the graboid that eats them knocks all these rocks over. So now the valley is effectively closed for car transportation. Um, there's all these rocks in the road. It's impossible to, to yeah, traverse with one a car. way in, one way out. One way in, one town. way out. Yes, exactly. And so, um, so it sets up the, the rest of this movie. We got to escape Paradise Valley. Um, one thing that I that I kind of it's not anything in particular. I just like to mention that this movie front loads the movie itself is front loaded with scares or tension. Mm-hmm. It keeps like you mentioned before, it keeps stepping up the tension. And then once it's at a certain point, it's just all action after that. So it kind of transforms into an action yeah. movie towards because it, it's end. it's setting it up as this is a real and present danger and. It's unstoppable. And then right. once it gets to the point where the – are we calling them tremors or are we calling them graboids? Well, I think you, graboids is it, the – It's either way. Once they get to the actual town proper, then everyone's in danger. Yeah. And it, it's a matter of getting out of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the the most effective part of this movie to me is – the uh, the old couple working on their house. I believe it's the doctor. Yeah, it's the doctor. The doctor and his wife are like sharing a glass of wine in the backseat of their station wagon after a, a, a hard day of working on their house. They're, they're trying to get their house built in Paradise Valley. And uh, they got the radio on and the radio disappears. And, and no, the generator disappears. Oh, I'm sorry. The gen- I'm thinking the radio yeah, is yeah, from yeah. two. Um the generator disappears and and he goes to find it and he gets sucked down into the ground. Yeah, and this is like screaming and yeah, this is the most horrific part of the movie because he's like as a little boy, man. Because the previous deaths, it's pretty much they happen off screen or it happens very fast. They're like alluded they're, they're to. They're sucked down. Or, yeah. Um, this one was like slow. He his wife is watching him slowly getting torn down into the ground yeah. and he's obviously in horrific pain like s- scrabbling and like clawing at the ground as he's getting taken into it yeah it's it's very effective uh especially well it's effective on any level really yeah. um and then my favorite part of that whole thing is when she runs you know she gets into her per- the perceived safety of the station wagon and it and it hollows out the ground underneath the back of the station wagon and it starts the station wagon starts falling down into the ground and uh and eventually the station wagon is vertical with its f- headlights pointing towards the sky and 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 it just has this far away shot of these headlights 
uh, going up, 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 vertical into the into the sky, and uh, and that's that sticks with me to this day. Yeah. So then we uh, we kind of cut back to the town, and uh, and I just like to say that the little annoying shitty kid Melvin, uh-huh. he reminds me so much of the brother from Wonder Years. Like the older yeah. brother from Wonder Years? Yeah, a little bit. Every time I'm like, oh, that's the brother from Wonder Years. And then I'm like, no, there's something it's off close. with the nose. It's very close. It's the, it's like the 80s, 90s version of a, of a bully or like a, like a little, yeah, you know, kind of a jerk. Anyway, um, they, they eventually, uh, kill the first tremor by basically running away from it and jumping over a, like a, a concrete partition in the, in the ground. It's like a. It's like a, a waterway or something like that that's dry. And it runs into the wall at high speed and it dies. And they, you know, Kevin Bacon famously says, I found the ass, em- ass end of it. And uh, as he's digging it out, and that that's the first time we get a, a full view of a graboid. And it's yeah. a big, huge worm that has these spikes all over it that it uses to dig through the earth really fast. And it's got, it's got like this big beak in front that, you know, right. it may it all makes sense in terms of how it would work. Kind it, of, not really, but mm-hmm. it, they agree to disagree. It's they explain it in the movie, so that then it obviously works. Yeah. Look, it's got these little fins on it, and it moves real quick. Yeah, it's got these fins all over its body, also known as like every three feet. So that's why it can move so fast under the, <laughs> under the ground. It's like, uh, does that work? You can tell it's a graboid because the way it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean everything's it's it's movie logic. They they tell you that it works, so it does. Right. And and at this point we know what we're working with, right? So they they have a they they have an idea of what they're up against. Um and then they get stranded on the on the rocks, which is another like That's an iconic completely scene. iconic scene where they learn that oh, it can't dig through the rocks. We're safe on the rocks. How do we get back to her little Chevy S10. Mm-hmm. And the answer they come up with is pole vaulting. Yeah. And then they pole vault all in sync yeah. across the rocks in, uh, in, uh, you, you get to see their, the, the, the outline of them and the horizon jumping across the rocks. And I remember thinking as a little kid, that's so cool. I yeah. have to try that. Yeah. It just sparked up my imagination as a little kid. So, um, yeah, good nostalgia feels on that. And then, like like we were saying, um, lots of great low budget effects, boards and dust, d- boards with dust on them being p- yeah. popped out of the way, and and people disappearing into holes, things disappearing into holes, getting dragged down. The the um, this is the second time I, I mentioned this before. This is the second time in a month that I've watched this movie, and it, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like the second yeah. viewing was just as good. As the first, maybe a little bit better because I was kind of getting amped on it. So, um, Bert at this point, Bert and his wife, Reba McIntyre, uh, or Heather make their way back to their house and they're alerted that the, the by all over the CB radio, that the things are, they're underground. Well, but at that moment he's in his rec room, and yeah, he's, which is in the basement, right? Which is in the basement. And of course, what do you do in your rec room? rec room you you sort bullets you, uh-huh. you uh-huh. sift them w- with a little machine that goes yeah what is that thing do you um, know what that is yeah it's 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 a bullet like a bullet sifter but um, it had like dust and it had like pebbles and stuff in it or something now i'm not the smartest man 
and I don't know everything about this, but I think it's a casings. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's a thing intended to clean casings, right? Okay. So if you if you go out on the range that uh, dirt range and you fire a bunch of uh, bullets and I may be way off. So please, if there's any gun enthusiasts out there, please let me know. But the casing, the casings are often brass and they're often able to be reused. Right. But they do have to be cleaned first. And Mm. the way you do that is you put them in a sand mixture Oh, and then you jiggle that sand mixture so that it cl- so that oh, there's a lot okay. of um, so vibration. It, and it abrades it. It abrades the brass, cleans it all off, gets it ready for you to repack uh, a, uh, mm-hmm. a bullet in there. I don't know, yeah. a magazine or a clip. <laughs> I don't know. So he's down there. They got this little vibration machine going, and oh man, this is one of the best parts of the movie where a graboid blasts through their wall in their basement yeah and attacks them but fortunately they just have happen to be in his rec room which has yeah, there's this is great <laughs> this is great filmmaking because it bursts through the wall and they have like two giant assault rifles at hand yeah already and on so their they, persons so they start firing at it so I start firing. Um, <laughs> so I start shooting. And uh, they run, they like empty their magazines and... Clips. <laughs> Clips, oh. magazines. Um, and then they're like, oh no, we run out of ammo. And then it pans over yeah. to a wall completely covered in... Assault rifles and rifles and shotguns. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the back wall of a gun shop. It's <laughs> it is so effective and it's comedically perfect. I mean, it's not like machine guns. Yeah, and so they go to the wall and just start taking stuff off. Like they're in the garage taking a shovel and unloading. Yeah. On this monster, and it's having no effect whatsoever. They get a flare gun, fire a flare into its into its mouth, yeah. and it's just rah, it's just big and impressive. And it, right. it grabs Bert by by the leg, and it starts pulling him in. And then Reba comes in with a big fucking sawed off shotgun and blasts its mm-hmm. little arm off. And uh, yeah, it's fabulous. And and then it caps it off with. Hang on, I got it. Okay, it caps it off with. They kill it. And then, then, and then Bert yells this. Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? Well, it's, uh, and how they get rid of it is the best part. He goes and it's, there's this singular cabinet next to the wall mm. that's like a glass case where this is like, this is the shit. And it's an <laughs> elephant gun. It's huge. <laughs> It's, it dwarfs all the other guns. It's like the moment so the in bullets, Predator when, when he whips out the, uh, the the minigun, where Ventura whips out the minigun. It's like... It's, yeah, so like the bullets in an elephant gun are about the size of a decently sized dick at half chub. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to say it. I was going to say Andre the Giant's thumb. Right. Yeah. And it... <laughs> because... Andre the Giant. Cream of the crap. Cream of the crap. And, uh, yeah, he, he unloads an elephant gun into it, and that's what kills it. Yeah, it's fabulous. And then they find out that 
Can't get penetration even with an elephant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's useless if it's actually underground. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of following that. They've they figured out that you can't... Another great thing about this movie, they never dispatch a Graboid the same way twice. Yeah. Every single one yeah. is done a different, unique, fun, interesting way. But, yeah, the two that are similar... It's more of the first one was setting up the the second one, mm-hmm. which is that they, first kill. The first kill was it. They run, they run it, and the graboid runs into like the concrete wall of this drainage ditch, right? And it kills itself, setting up the premise that you can get these things to chase you just about anywhere. Yeah, and then they, the last kill is they're running towards a cliff. And then jump out of the way, and the graboid jumps out of the cliff. And also, they set up that it runs away from explosions. Right. So it everything, man. We got to take a second and talk about like all the setups and payoffs yes. in this movie. Go for it. So the f- the first one that's notable to me is the the Pepsi machine in the general store. Oh, that wow. there's this I didn't moment. Even think about that. There's this moment where there it's early on in the movie, and they're just talking in the general store, and then. This Pepsi machine goes off and goes... Blah, 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 blah. It almost sounds like the the generator for Drain Addict. So it's this loud machine, and everyone just kind of looks over at it for like a moment. Yeah. And then... And then it's, it's let go. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's literally a moment. And it could be there to be like, this is a shitty store. This is an old... Right. ...store with... Outdated to equipment. provide ambiance, so it still works, right? Even there, but you're still like, maybe that lingered a little too long on that shifty Pepsi machine. Maybe that <laughs> is important. And then later, you know, when they're trying to not make noise in the to, general store to attract the graboids, that's when the Pepsi machine kicks on, and they got to run over and turn it off. Oh, turn it off! And then the little girl on the pogo stick shows yeah. her before, like counting, and she's got like headphones on, How so many she up can't. To? So she can't hear him. It's like this perfect setup to where later she doesn't realize what's going on. And she's on the pogo stick while everyone's trying to stay off the ground. And yeah, the first kill and the last kill. Like there's so many of those moments that it just sets up a theme or it sets up a concept. It doesn't smash you in the face with it. It It just sets it up and then tees it up and then executes. Yeah, it delivers. Yeah, it's it's... It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful machine. If you appreciate, if you appreciate the art of of filmmaking, and it it all works and it all uses the characters right. to pull it off. Yep, that every everyone has their place and purpose. There's a few characters that are just like, well, they're just fodder. Yeah, the guy that gets sucked down the tire. Down the tire. He's like, he's he's the least notable character. He's in the, the movie. one I think of as soon as you said that. Yeah. You're like, there are people who are just fodder, and that's that's him. Uh, and the farmer with the sheep. Yeah, the farmer with the sheep. But everyone that sticks around till the end, like, they have good character 
development and a real reason to be there even yeah. the construction workers real reason it, now, now the town is blocked off and we have to get this 30 ton bulldozer to pull this gigantic trailer so that we can all get out of here together right and they take that dozer um with the trailer up the hill to bert's house so that bert and reba or heather uh can uh can jump on and and all that time between them finding the the tractor or the bulldozer and uh, and driving it up to his house, Bert and Reba have been making bombs. They've been making like pipe bombs out of the uh, the excess pipes, uh, you know, like uh, sticking out of her, their roof. Drain pipes, yeah, drain pipes that's sticking out of the top of their roofs. Block drain, block drain, and um, and so now they have a way. They have a method to fight these things because. What do we know about them? They they can hear really well, specifically through the ground or and through rocks and through, you know, basically they can hear really well. And uh, and so what what is too loud for them? Well, bombs and potentially what could you get them to swallow? Um, so <laughs> I'm constantly asking that question. <laughs> Jesus. So then as they stop to Here, get, I think I have a, okay. a sound clip for that. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so nasty. <coughs> Doctor, here's the list you requested. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dingleberry itinerary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put that on my desk. <laughs> Dingleberry itinerary. That's from Kuso. Oh, man, I can't believe... That's been a million years since I've heard that drop. Yeah. Dingleberry itinerary. <laughs> I like to say the arms. I do like to see the arms. But graboids don't have any arms. What, are you looking for something else? I was trying to find something else. Well, if you find it, let me know. So they start making their way out of town on the dozer, and uh, and the dozer has the big trailer hooked up to the back of it so that they can fit everybody in the town. And uh, and they have bombs, and they start going graboid fishing. So once they kind of once they get stuck on an outcropping of rocks, they start going graboid fishing. So they they tie these bombs to a uh, to a rope, and then they throw the bomb as far out as they can, and then they drag it back, creating a a luring kind of you know fishing lure to, for the graboids. And one of them takes it, and it explodes because it you know it eats a, a live bomb. What's the last episode that Aaron was on? Boy, you got me. I don't so it was remember. Ready or Not, and then there was one more. Was there? I think it was just Ready or Not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so okay, sorry. So there's there's basically the last graboid is like the smart one, right? So he's uh, he's stumpy. He's the one who grabbed their the axle of their truck early on in the movie, and they couldn't get traction. And then finally they got traction and they got away from it. But they ripped its arm. It's a it's little warm arm mm-hmm. off. Well, that's the final graboid. That's the one that's el- eluded them the whole time. And yeah. Did you find the clip? Is that what you're... Yeah, I just want... This is unnecessary, but I... This is in my head, and I have to get it, have to get it out. Okay. I, 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 we got to do another horror porno. Yeah. We really do. It's going to take some setup. We could do a... 
Drain addict or porno. Oh, <laughs> I, I've, I've thought of that before. I've had that exact same uh, thought. So, yeah, we do, we should do drain addict. As we move away from horror movies on this podcast. Right, right. To exclusively spraying shit with pressurized water. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, as they're going graboid fishing, they get one going graboid fishing, but then Stumpy comes along. Yeah. And he takes the bait, and then he rockets the the bomb back at them and uh it lands on the the bag full of bombs full and of bombs. like all the ammo what a smart worm Man, what Stumpy a great is. it's great because it just that is their security you're like well yeah they've got a giant how duffel could they, bag full how could of, they lose yeah so yeah and so this forces as the bomb comes in, you know, they all rea- realize it and have to run away. They have to get off the safety of the rocks set up and then and then they run back to the rocks. But uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I love I love how. It. Yeah, the bomb lands on the bag of bombs and blows up and everyone runs away from it. And I love how. They're. Instantly, like two hundred yards away from the, yeah <laughs> from the rock. It's not like they're five feet away hiding behind like one of the rocks. It's like literally, they're yeah. like fifty yards away. They've run several hundred meter dashes, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're like it's like oh how did I get here? Um, yeah. So at this point, Kevin Bacon has not. I got an idea, and he goes running as fast as he can towards the cliff because uh-huh. a stampede like they said at the start of the movie and uh-huh. he, he runs toward the cliff and the graboid rockets out of the ground and out of this giant cliff and it falls to its death on the on the uh, rocks below and it dies and and it it ties it up in in a yet another perfect like going back to the beginning of the movie you know, uh, when Val wait, woke up Earl, Earl said, oh, I thought I thought it was a stampede. And, well, mm-hmm. you know, Val's like, well, I just thought, you know, stampede to mm-hmm. get you stampede him off the off the cliff. So it's this. So final recommendations. Who would like this? This is the most crowd friendly movie I think that we've ever reviewed, even more so than Gremlins. Tremors is a very light fare action thriller that goes easy on the cussing and sexual themes in favor of, you know, the good old fashioned terror and violence that the whole family can enjoy. We missed one one moment in this film that we got to talk okay. about is that when um, <laughs> Finn, is that the geologist? Yeah, well, yeah. Finn Carter? Who's the girl? The main the main girl. Or uh it's sorry, Rhonda Lebec. Rhonda Lebec. I always get the actors in the anyways. Yeah, so Rhonda Lebec, the moment the moment where Rhonda, the main woman in the movie gets grabbed by the graboid and starts getting dragged off and she's or her legs are caught up in some barbed wire. Yeah. And it's dragging the barbed wire and she's going along with it. And then they, Kevin Bacon solves this problem by getting her out of her pants. Yeah. And this was another formative moment in, in young Bryce's life. Oh, so, really? Like, I think I, I think I like that. I think I felt my wiener move. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's a weird That's just thing. one of those moments of like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that girl with her pants off. Yeah. I wonder if that'll have her happen again. There's also there's also a GI Joe episode <laughs> where um oh man I can't remember the character's name but it's like the the GI Joe 
woman with the short hair. And there's an episode where they turn into kids. And like they okay. can't fit, they can't fit in their clothes, mm-hmm. and so like they're running around like they their pants are behind because they don't fit anymore, and they're just running around in like baggy shirts, and then they turn back into adults, and and she's like pulling down the shirt to cover her lady bits. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like this, really, yeah. Like she's I, pretty I, thick. <laughs> I just wanted to wow go. Anyways, yeah, that's just a non sequitur, but it's a similar thing to seeing Rhonda in, in just her her white panties. Like, hmm, 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 hmm. That's interesting. What are your final recommendations for this? Yeah, absolutely. This for absolutely everyone. Yeah. This is probably the most accessible horror movie that people can watch. Even more accessible than Jaws. Jaws oh, yeah. is much more disturbing than this. Oh my god. And Gremlins is much more disturbing than this. This is like but I, you can't say it's tame. It's no, just No, this is a step above Hocus Pocus, but right. a step below Gremlins. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, that is that is all very fair. Let's uh let's see here. I'm trying to find So with that, let's get into our new game, and maybe a one episode game, The Baconator. So the Baconator game is a pretty simple game. It's just basically uh, a different rebranded way of saying we're going to play the Kevin Bacon uh-huh. six degrees of okay. Kevin Bacon game. Uh, the way this game works is uh, you want the lowest score possible. You want a score of zero. Okay. And uh, so that means you have to guess how far away these these actors, actresses, or uh, pop culture individuals are from... Uh, from Kevin Bacon in movies, right? Okay. So how many degrees of separation? So, um, you know, if if you are, uh, what's the, if, uh, if you're Kevin Bacon, you're zero degrees of separation away from Kevin Bacon. But if you're Fred Ward, who played Earl, then you're one degree of separation away from Kevin because you were in Tremors. So zero is impossible. Um, no, because, because, you gain points by being further away from. Um, so you, if you guess, if I said, if I said uh, Fred Ward, who played Earl, and you guessed one degree of separation, right. you get no points. Oh, so, okay. So, so for, but if okay. you guess two, then you'd be one point away, and you get one point. Okay. So you'd be, you'd, and that would suck for you. Okay. Um, this is needlessly complicated, but I'm on board. Well, that's the way the game works. Right, have right, you have you right. fucking played this thirty year old game? Uh, so, uh, I mean, is golf complicated, Bryce? I mean, you know, I mean, all what's right, hard let's, to let's play. Let's play the what's game. Hard to understand. All right, I'm sorry birdie. I offended you. What's hard? To I'm understand sorry about, that I criticize your game. Let's, what's let's hard play, to understand about birdie? Let's play the game. And eagle. Okay. What's unclear oh. about that? Okay. You're missing the joke in, in what I'm saying, uh, further proving my point that you're very dumb. Uh, so, Kevin Bacon, or the Bacon. Fuck your game, I don't need to play this fucking game. <laughs> so, uh, the first matchup is going to be Kevin Bacon versus, or how many degrees of separation are there between Kevin Bacon and Madonna? Who's a, uh, she's a little singer who sung some things. Um, that would be 
two. Ding, 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 ding. You're absolutely correct. How did you reach that? Because Madonna was in a movie with Sean Penn, and Sean Penn was in Mystic River with Kevin Bacon. There are a lot of two-level connections for Madonna and Kevin Bacon. The exact uh, route that I took was Madonna was in Body of Evidence with Julianne Moore, who's another smoking hottie, uh, who was in Crazy Stupid Love with Kevin Bacon. So, you're absolutely right. You have zero points. Um, Our next matchup is going to be Kevin Bacon versus... Uh, our favorite, a man who we interviewed just a couple episodes ago, uh, who you might have heard of him, Robert England, a little guy who played uh, Freddy fucking Krueger. Um, yeah, so how many degrees of separation are there between Robert England and Kevin Bacon? <sighs> the Kruegenator, the Baconator. Um... I know there's one f- with three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's two, but I'm going to say three. Oh, I'm sorry, Bryce. That's actually uh, that's actually incorrect. The correct answer on this one is also two. Mm. Yeah. So Robert England was in A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master uh, with Tuesday Night, um, uh, who was in uh, Telling Lies in America with Kevin Bacon. Okay. Tuesday night spelled with a K N. Okay. I G H T. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So now you have one point. Still doing pretty, mm-hmm. pretty fucking good. Uh, so now we have <laughs> we have a horror movie talk icon, H uh, G Wells, versus uh, no or Orson Orson Wells. I'm Orson sorry. Wells. H G Wells. Just... <laughs> I was like time machine. Uh, <laughs> oh, so maybe I can. Uh, uh, do I not have it on here? Jesus, I'm not set up. I'll just do it. Uh, the French. Wow. Well, we don't even yeah, need. We the don't drop. even need the drop. That was fucking we got great. It here. So there's how- a California champagne, champagne. made by Paul Sh- Paul Masson. Masson. <laughs> <laughs> so how far removed is Orson Welles from Kevin Bacon? Orson Welles from Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, that's a dilly of a pickle. Is it? That's like a completely different generation. Orson Welles died in the 70s, I think? The, I, think? I think the late 70s, yeah. Um. Okay. Fuck, I don't know who was in a movie with Orson Welles. I'm going to say four. I'm sorry. You just gained two more points. This is his bacon number is two. So, wow. Yeah. Right. Orson Welles was in the Muppet movie (laughs) with Bruce Kirby, who was in the big picture with Kevin Bacon. Who the hell is Bruce Kirby? I don't know, but he was in the Muppet movie Uh, and he was also in the big picture. All right. So the answer for all of these is two, unless it's like... You have three points. Clark Gable or something. Clark Gable. Um, You have three points. So now, 
Actually, this brings us to an interesting point, which is there are people who are better for this game now than Kevin Bacon. Samuel L. Jackson would be a big contender for that. That's the number one. That's the best. That's he's he is because he's so ubiquitous. He's been in every fucking thing. Yeah. And there's only like movies. There's only like three black actors in the world. So and he's one of them. And he gets the most work. Probably more than that. But he definitely gets more work than anybody else. Yeah. Um, He takes everything like. Honestly, through throughout the last like three decades of film, mm-hmm. if if there's a it's impossible a to find. main character that's black, it's going to be a strong po- probability that it's Samuel L. Jackson or Morgan Freeman or Samuel L. Jackson End of list. is basically the, the <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is basically the the epicenter of. Of the universe in terms of this yeah. this game. I love Samuel L. Jackson. How could you not? There's no way not to love Samuel L. Jackson. You gotta love him. Yeah. Um, so, uh, our next matchup, uh, our second to last matchup. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Is, is Kevin Bacon uh, and Elijah Wood. I mean... I would not be surprised if this is one... There's got to be a movie that they'd be in together. Mm. I'm just going to say one. Ding, 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 ding. You're absolutely correct. You score no points, which is great. You still have three points. What movie was it? Yeah, Elijah Wood was in Beyond All Boundaries with Kevin Bacon. Okay. So Never heard of it? Neither have I. Um, and finally, we have one of my favorite actors who I named my first daughter after, uh, Charlie Day and... Kevin Bacon, Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> Whoa, we got cats in the walls. <laughs> so, how um, far removed is Charlie Day from Kevin Bacon? Are you tired of your cats making too much noise all the time? Too? Do your cats make too much noise all the time? Uh, Charlie Day and Kevin Bacon, man, this is, hmm, Mm. trying to think of the movies that Charlie Day has been in. Not many. Maybe like There's Angry, there's, there's, uh, what is it? Something Bosses. Yeah. And End of List. There's like one other movie that he's in. I'll give you a hint. Uh, There's also Going the Distance. He was in Going the Distance. What's that movie? I don't know. Who was in that movie? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I can't tell you. Uh, I'll say... Someone you know was in Going the Distance, besides Charlie Day. I'll say two. Ding, ding, ding! Bryce, you came away with a fucking phenomenal score of like three. Yeah. Uh, This whole game, that's absolutely correct. Uh, Charlie Day was in Going the Distance with Justin Long from Tusk, (laughs) 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 who was in Beyond All Boundaries again Hmm. uh, with Kevin Bacon. All right. And I believe uh, Beyond All Boundaries was also the one that Elijah Wood was in. So... Good job. Way to go. You've uh you I'd say you won the the Kevin Bacon game. I won against myself. Yeah, great job. So with that, let's get into it came from social media. Yeah. 
Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? It came from social media. is a little game that we play where we talk about things that people did or talked to us about over the last week or two. In this case, it's been two weeks since we've uh, actually recorded an episode. Last week's episode was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and it's a spectacular episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to it or or watched the movie, um, it's rough. It's a rough watch, yeah. but also worth it. And that's definitely one of the episodes where I think a lot of people may have heard of it, but they don't really know much about it. They don't understand how influential it was. But yeah, that's definitely a movie that you should see I, once. <laughs> as, in my opinion, as disturbing, more disturbing than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I talked about it as, you know, a lot of people, their favorite subgenre is slashers because when I talk to them, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, it's just, Why do you like this so much? Just people getting chased after with knives and stuff. And they're like, well, it's because it could really happen. Yeah, this is a thing that occasionally does happen. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I mean, yes, there are killers, but they're not like supernatural monsters that will jump out of a wall and relentless, relentlessly pursue you. Yeah. But Henry <laughs> is about like an actual psychopath. Uh, yeah, Henry that, Lucas. That has figured out how to kill a lot of people and get away with it. Yeah, basically the formula for killing people. Yeah. He admitted to something like 600 murders or something yeah. like that, which turned turned out to be... Probably not true. Kind of not true. But also, I mean, also probably pretty accurate. Like, yeah. Maybe not the ones he confessed to, but he was like, I don't know how many, are, how many weeks are there between, you know, 1976 and 1982. Oh, right. 600? You know, yeah. I mean, I killed about a person a week. So. Yeah. So, and just, I'm going to officially apologize in advance. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done uh, social media. It came from social media. So, we're going to miss yeah. some comments and stuff. Yeah, for but. sure. Well, well, I mean, we talked to a lot of people. But this uh, this uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer talk uh, segues nicely into a discussion that we had with Jared uh, Jack over Facebook, I believe. He said... Uh, I met Michael Rooker and Tom Towles, at, those are the two actors from Henry, uh, at, Frightmare, we, uh, at Frightmare Weekend years ago. Both of them were extremely friendly, which felt so bizarre considering the characters they played. It really showed uh, how great they both did in the film. Yeah, Michael Rooker is, if, you're, if, if that name doesn't ring a bell right off the bat, he's the guy who played Yondu in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Two or was it one as well? I think it was just two. The the guy, the blue guy who had the little arrow that would fly yeah. around. No, it's in both. Oh, it's in both. Yeah, um, yeah. Jared Jack continues. He says um, he he. I asked for I asked him for pictures, and he sent us a bunch of great pictures of him and his wife with uh, or uh, I believe it was his wife. Apologies if it, if that's your girlfriend, but it should be your wife, wife partner. Life partner. Uh, the. Uh, He's, he sent me a bunch of pictures, and he says the ones with the red, white, and blue background were from when my his wife uh, and I met Rooker at the Dallas Fan Expo. The other two are from Texas Framer Weekend. Thanks for those pictures, man. That's super cool, and uh, and man, it kind of makes me want to uh, 
go to these to these fan expo things, but kind of not really. Also, I don't know. well, I went to the horror, the Portland Horror Film Festival this last. That's right. Week. Yeah, tell us about that. How that? Yeah, go? we haven't. It was well. It was virtual, so it was all mm-hmm. streaming, and so I think part of the draw and what would really interest me in going to these places is you get to see other people, yeah, and kind of network and mingle. Um, and that was kind of taken out of it, so it kind of sucks. But you're able to stream the movies, and they had like Q and A's with the directors and and cast of the films that they showed in the shorts. So in that sense, it was good. Um, I think we've gone on the record as not being huge fans of uh, independent, yeah, you know, horror yeah. or or uh, low budget. Yeah, like self-made stuff. And, you know, it's to be expected that it's not going to be as high quality or as vetted as, you know, yeah. some of these other movies. There's like a, a theme in in independent horror movies of lots of like cutaway mood shots you know yeah and lots of like you know empty moments that this is it implies deepness but really it's just filler yeah exactly um but i think the the features that they showed i didn't watch a lot of the shorts but the features that they showed it went from like eh, no thanks to actually pretty good yeah like um my favorite one that they showed and we're we're very likely going to interview the uh, director and and writer of of this one is a remake of the brain that wouldn't die, which you all may remember from uh, Mystery, Sci- Science, Mystery Theater. Science Theater three thousand as the one with the lady's head on the table on the with like the ladder. Um. Anyways, that one was great. Like that one was like really funny and tonally really got it. Really nice. Um, and then the ones leading up to it were pretty good. There was the, um, I can't remember all the titles, but, but there were, there were several good ones. I think I would definitely recommend going to, you know, Portland Horror Film Festival in in the future next year. The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Maybe we could, maybe we could review that in the future. This new Brain That Wouldn't Die. It's making its rounds on the, on the festival uh, circuit circuit and will probably be, uh, released uh, sometime the, early next year or late this year. Do you remember the last independent movie we reviewed? I believe it was Spiral. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was a hot piece of shit. <laughs> not not shying away from saying that. Yeah. Shout out to Stephen M., who is always on our social media. He's always hitting us up. We I, I love talking to him. Uh, he's as much a staple as Kitty Magnus and Jason. Um, we love anyone who reaches out to us, and we love talking to you. If you're having a tough time or if you're having a great time, or if you just want to talk about horror movies, we're down. Come talk to us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. We're happy to be here for you. We just want to, um, you know, to, to, to make meaningful connections with you guys. Speaking of Magnus, um, he says, I'm glad you guys watched these movies. He's referring to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, so I don't have to. Um, I said, well, I hear, uh, oh, Bryce said, well, I hear that people like slasher movies because to his point that he said earlier, it could really happen. Well, you can't get any more. It could happen than Henry portrait of a serial killer. Um, and, uh, and 
Magnus says, well, I've never been murdered or killed. Have you? He says, that's silly talk. This is a movie. Killers don't it really exist, guys. This is just classic Hollywood. I've never been murdered or killed. Have you? And uh, he follows it up with the, <laughs> the real threat, however, is the threat of rats deformed and transformed by a nuclear holocaust, which is realistically depicted in the 1984 real life movie. Rats. Rats. Yeah. He's been pushing for, for us to review rats. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to be honest, you gotta, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if I really want to watch rats. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like Chud, but worse, mm-hmm. um, which is Chud's not great. Uh, Daniel Lee, uh, Daniel Lee, I should say, Daniel Lee B, uh, says, uh, about our stickers. These would make some tight-ass fridge magnets. I don't have room on my hard hat for a new sticker, so then I challenged him, well, we'll cover up something on your hard hat with our sticker. We yeah. deserve some of that real estate. And uh, and then he sent me a picture of his hard hat. And oh, he I, had, didn't, I didn't see that. He had a fucking Under Armour sticker on there. So I was like, he was trying to show me the, the front and center sticker, uh-huh. but I caught my eye caught this <laughs> this Under Armour like just throwaway garbage sticker. And I was like, fuck that Under Armour sticker. That's some good real estate. Give us that. And lo and behold, uh Daniel Lee B, he he came through hard and uh he he said um he would order some stickers and then he did. He ordered some stickers from us. Um so <laughs> thank you, Daniel Lee. I'm gonna get those in the mail just uh on Monday, along with everybody else's orders who I haven't shipped yet. Um and uh yeah, and then he goes on to we have a discussion about um that he uh, he loved the American Psycho book by, um, uh, I can't remember, is it Ellis? Something Ellis. Anyway, sure. anyway, he loves the American Psycho book, and I, I had just finished it, so I said, I, I just finished that book, and it was fabulous. Not as great as the movie, but still wonderful. Same author, better book, in my opinion, is less than zero. Um and he said, some of the American Psycho book is hard to read, but I love how much more we get to see of Patrick's madness and wackiness. It's hilarious. Digging up baby crabs and eating sand, the urinal cake. It's all even better seeing it play out in your mind with ba- than with Bale. And uh, I said, I, I uh, oh, he said, I'll, I've watched but haven't read it. I have read The Rules of Attraction and Lunar Park from Ellis. Um, I recommend both. Kill Your Friends by John Niven is a British-American psycho knockoff, but it was entertaining enough. I always love a good book recommendation. Yeah. So, um, you just read The Exorcist. Yeah. Uh, I gave that to you, dude. Is that on your list? It is on my list, but my list is long, so... Yeah, The Exorcist is basically the movie. Like, there's not... There's a little bit of color that's included in in the book, but honestly... There's a lot of the movie that's better than the book. Yeah. And it's written by the same author. The screenplay is written by the same guy that wrote the book. Yeah. So it's very close. But it was interesting reading it. And, of course, I had some good talks with our new patron, Kylo Bren, a.k.a. Kylie Bean, about clogged drains. And she also made us a sweet Drake meme on Instagram, which is one of the... Very few posts we do on Instagram, but you can head on over to our Instagram and see the uh, uh, the uh, the Drake meme that she made for us over there. 
And of course, you can't forget about Elena B, who enjoyed the stickers that we sent her for becoming a patron on Patreon. And of course, all the drain addict talk. Um, If you guys sign up, I should mention, if you sign up to become a patron, I'll send you a few stickers in the mail along with a thank you card if you Mm -hmm. give me your address. So just FYI, you can... You can avoid uh, avoid having to purchase it on our shop if you just become a patron on mm-hmm. Patreon. Um, also, I uh, just want to mention I had a, a long chat with Max last night on Instagram. Oh, Max Allen. Yeah. So he's, who, who created our uh, our intro song. Yeah, our it's intro beautiful. song. So um, really appreciate him and the, the work that he does for the podcast. And uh, we are chatting. He's going through some shit right now oh well i i hope he's doing well yeah we hope he's doing better. y'all should um y'all should try and and support him he's on instagram at i think it's max r allen max dot r dot allen uh on instagram i think it's maxwell oh maybe it's maxwell r dot r dot allen um he changed it on us which is unfair yep it's maxwell dot r dot allen cool and he, he's got a he's got an album on Spotify or a new single on Spotify. So check him out. Check him out. And with that, thank you very much for listening to Horror Movie Talk. We sure do appreciate you um, listening. And you know, if you would like to help us out, you can do it by just simply just sharing this with your on social media or with a friend who likes horror or with a friend who doesn't like horror. If they just like to laugh, you know, maybe we're accidentally funny enough to get them to do that. So make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts and, you know, uh, check out our shop. We would really appreciate it if you supported us in any way that you can afford to. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to support us now. Yeah, make sure to check out localasfuckapparel.com and enter HMT at checkout to receive 10% off any order you place. And with that, thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you next week. We love you. Bye-bye. Keep okay, bye-bye. to be a girl. You will have long blonde hair, big green eyes, world-class breasts, ass that won't quit, and legs that go all the way up.